Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. Today is going to be episode 12, Should a Christian Join the Military? Uh, in the past, America has, I would say, 99% of the time always been on the right side of freedom and justice. Despite what is portrayed in the media, that we went to war for oil, there were no weapons of mass destruction, things like that in recent years, um, being in the military and knowing people that actually went over to Iraq um, and helped in the capture of Saddam Hussein and uh, visited his palaces and such, uh, I know those things to be false. Okay, It was not about oil. We actually put sanctions on Iraq when we first went there to where they could not sell us oil, and they were forced to sell oil to other people. Most people don't know that because the news didn't report on it. Uh, as far as weapons of mass destruction go, we actually found bio labs uh, in 747s buried under the uh, sand in Iraq that were um, manufacturing weapons of mass destruction that were engineered by Dr. Death, uh, the female uh, that was captured and killed. Famous scientist, you'd have to Google it. The point is, we were fighting for a good cause, for the freedom of those people. Uh, we were also fighting because Saddam Hussein actually uh, paid for the attack on 9-11 on our country. And there is proof of that. The point is, America has been on the right side 99.9% of the time. Going forward, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Okay, So leaving politics out of it, um, you'd still have the right in the American military to be a conscientious objector and to serve in the military here in the United States. My term of service was all in the United States in uh, TRADOC, which is uh, the Department of Training, basically, for the Army. Um, and then I also helped train the Marines as well on how to fly planes. So I did all of my service stateside, just teaching people how to fly, even though I supported 100% uh, what they were doing in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I would have gone uh, if I had been called, but they needed teachers, so I stayed here in the States. The point is, that is your decision uh, as far as politics go, whether or not you think it's necessary to join the fight, uh, whether it's defending your country or helping the innocent people around the world, depending on the situation in the war that, that you may be getting into, that's between your conscience and God. All right. I'm not getting into that. I'm talking about a soldier in general. Is it right for a Christian to be a soldier? All right. So let's take a look at a couple of things here. First of all, um, American society was founded on Christian principles, the idea of freedom, individual liberty, equality in the eyes of God, loving everyone. We're supposed to love and forgive each other. So it is naturally a difficult thing to kill somebody. There are some questions many people face uh, when they want to join the military, when they have the feelings of patriotism after like 9-11 and such especially um, when a soldier has been overseas and had to pull the trigger and shoot somebody. Some of the things that you will see overseas is pretty terrible. And I don't mean that soldiers do terrible things, but that you see terrible things from the enemy. A lot of times the, the torture, the beheadings, the horrible things that happen over there can change you and you get PTSD. Many times you end up fighting out of anger, uh, especially if one of your friends next to you gets killed. So you have a conflict uh, as a soldier in your mind over what you perceive to be right and good 
and the actions that you are forced to take on the battlefield. So what does the Bible really say about this uh, violence, death, killing, uh, being a soldier's life in general? So we're going to break it down into three simple questions. Uh, what does the Bible say about soldiers? What does Jesus say about fighting and war and soldiers? And then what does the Bible command Christians to do in regards to violence and fighting? So the first question, what does the Bible say about soldiers, not Jesus himself, but other verses in the Old New Testament? The God of the Old Testament was a God of justice first. It's full of stories of war and bloodshed. In fact, many of the revered men in the Bible and kings uh, in Jewish history were warriors. Primarily, God used these men to fight wars for the sake of justice. The other side of that is they were used for the Jewish kingdom to take land that had been promised to them. Many of the nations that they took the land from, in fact, I would argue that all of them, were in fact historically verified tyrants and brutal people. I would liken them like Nineveh, um, you know, the Philistines. Uh, I would liken those people to the Aztec culture uh, in Central and uh, South America, where they, their regime was marked with brutality. They ruled by fear and torture, and child sacrifice. So in the full picture of history, a lot of what the Bible ordered people to do, the Jewish people, when they wiped out nations, actually makes sense, and it was justified. So number one, uh, King David was the second king of Israel. He was a man of war. Several times in the Bible, he said that God taught him how to fight. He was the, the boy who slew the giant Goliath at the age of 17 and then became king later. So he said in Psalm 1834, he, meaning God, teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken in mine arms. David is quoting from uh, the prophet Samuel in 2 Samuel 22, verse 35. He also stated in Psalm 144, verse 1, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Another one is King Solomon, was revered as the wisest person ever to walk the earth. In uh, 1 Kings 4.29, it says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore, for he was wiser than all men. King Solomon stated in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 through 8, it says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And then I think it's in verse 8, it says, A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. There's a time for everything. 2 Samuel 23 lists many heroic acts of uh, men of war. My favorite, which if I had had a son, I have two daughters. My favorite is the guy named Beniah. I would have named my son Ben after this guy, Beniah. He was more honorable than all the 30 men of King David's personal bodyguard. He was so courageous. The Bible has lots of stories about him. One of my favorite ones is he was a little bit crazy. One time he was walking through the woods and he saw a lion trapped in a pit in the wintertime, and he decided to test himself against the lion. He set down his weapons and jumped into the pit to fight the lion barehanded, and he won. So that was one of David's mighty men. In Matthew 8, Jesus actually spoke of a Roman centurion. I remember the Romans were the conquerors of the Jews, and Jesus said that he had great authority and great faith. In Acts 10, Paul talks about another Roman centurion of the, uh, specifically the Italian band, uh, that was a good man who had become a Christian. 
So the conclusion is that the Bible reveres warriors who are just, kind, strong, good warriors, who are good to their those soldiers that are under them, and who seek out the truth. So a good Christian soldier has the potential to right wrongs, even in the military, and to do good things. Um, remember, we're talking about an evil military, the Roman army. And there were two different soldiers that the Bible talks about that were good in the Roman army who had great faith. It's very important to understand that, that the Bible does not condemn soldiers. Then the second point is, what does Jesus himself say about fighting? So in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus addressed this with a a phrase that is often used against Christians today. Matthew 5, verse 39 says, But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And in verse 44, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. This is an injunction against personal retaliation. And if you take it in context, it's referring to the entire Sermon on the Mount, which is regarding someone's heart attitude. Turning the other cheek means not to return insult for insult in retaliation to someone in your daily life, which is what most people do is you get insulted, you insult back. And the Bible says, don't do that. So you have to keep in mind that Jesus advocated violence when it was just. John 2.15 says, and when he, Jesus, had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers money and overthrew the tables. You've heard this story probably about Jesus going into the temple and throwing the money changers out, right? Here's something very important people don't think about. Jesus actually took the time to fashion a weapon when he had made a scourge of small cords. It wasn't violence for the sake of violence. It was actually calculated and planned violence. Jesus himself did that, made a weapon to whip people with and to scare them and threw them out of the temple. Later, Jesus encouraged his own disciples to buy weapons to prepare for dangerous times. Right after that, he said that he was crucified. His disciples were hunted down, tortured, and killed. So why would he encourage them to buy weapons if he did not want them to use the weapons, especially in self-defense? Luke 22, verse 36 says, Then he said unto them, But now he that has a purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip. And he that has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. The conclusion is that Jesus advocates violence in the name of justice, righteous anger, and self-defense. He even respected soldiers like the centurion who had faith. If you look at the sword back in those days, that was like the rich man's weapon. It it was the biggest, uh, most powerful weapon that a soldier trained with. And Jesus said, sell even your clothes and go buy one. Today, that would be similar to telling someone to purchase a rifle or, or a gun. You know, maybe an AR-15, something that's, uh, yes, expensive. You know, you're talking more money than most people just have sitting around their house. But it was important because he knew what was coming and he knew they would need to defend themselves. And then the last question, don't forget, is uh, finally, what does the Bible command Christians to do in regards to violence and fighting? The Bible does encourage Christians to be meek and not to be brawlers. The Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew goes into detail about that. Also, Titus spoke about it. Titus 3, 2, speak evil of no man. Do not be brawlers. Be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. 
However, the Bible makes it clear that Christians are to be champions of freedom and those who are oppressed. Psalm 82.3 says, Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Keep in mind, when the Bible says be gentle or show meekness, gentleness and meekness is only something that a strong person has. You cannot be gentle if you don't have the potential to be strong, to hurt, to harm. So we're talking about strong people restraining themselves and being gentle. Same with meekness. You have the ability to harm and you choose not to. It is not that we need to be weak people and be doormats to be run over, but we need to be strong. We need to be trained. We need to be ready to defend the poor and fatherless. We need to be ready to stand up against injustice, do justice to the afflicted and needy. We need to be able to fight for people that need it, but by the same token, be able to turn back, turn the other cheek at, at sometimes and be gentle when we can. So one of my favorite passages is this in Psalm 149, it's verse five through nine. The Bible talks about the glory of God, Psalm 149, the first few verses, um, and the glory of God and how we need to praise God, right? Then verse five, it says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, comma, and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. A Christian needs to look at the whole Bible. Do not just choose bits and pieces to follow. It is very clear when you take all of this in context, a true Christian should be strong, but slow to violence. Always be loving and kind. Be ready to be meek and gentle when possible. But it is also clear that God respects you if you are skilled at war. And if you use that skill righteously in defense of your family, your possessions, even your house, the nation, and to help those who have been treated unjustly. So in conclusion, a Christian ought to be proud to be a soldier. You should do your duty to the best of your ability. Always show honor, courage, and commitment, and do the right thing. Always stand up for what is right. I am proud of being able to serve my country. I am proud of learning the art of war in different ways as an infantryman and as a reconnaissance, reconnaissance surveillance guy with the uh, air assets. But I am also proud to be a Christian and that I always stood up for what is right. Make sure that you are evaluating what is right. And self-defense is always right. So just keep those things in mind. As always, if you have any questions, contact me at angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. And I look forward to talking to you next time.